Our services still off limits to me. What do you need? Guns. Lots of guns. Hello, everybody. Welcome to So What'd You Think? For those of you who don't know, this is a movie podcast show where me and a guest will come on and we will discuss a film that we have just seen for the very first time and give sort of our immediate reactions to it. Today, we're doing kind of a Father's Day episode, (laughs) Um, and I brought my dad on. Can you say hi? Hello. (laughs) Thanks for coming on. You're welcome. (laughs) So we just saw John Wick, Chapter 3, Parabellum. Is that what it's called? Yeah, I guess so. This is John Wick 3. John Wick 3. <laughs> um, yeah, so we just saw this in theaters. We saw it um, with mom, too. Um, she didn't want to come on, though. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we'll just do spoiler-free for the first couple of minutes for those who haven't seen it, and then we'll get into spoilers, get into all the nitty-gritty about John Wick 3. The good, um, the good and the bad. <laughs> <laughs> so what'd you think? Uh, I thought it was good. Overall, it was good. I mean, it, it is what it is. It's not trying to be a uh, an artsy film or an Academy <laughs> Award winner. It's going for a certain superhero kind of a vibe, and it succeeds in doing that. Um, I think it felt very much like a video game this time around versus the first two that I saw. It had more of a video game vibe to it with some of the, the background shots that they had for the fight scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was maybe a little bit too long. Didn't need to be that long. Yeah, it was like two hours and fifteen minutes. Was it really two hours and fifteen minutes? Mm-hmm. Wow, I think it was. Because I was, I watched all three today. <laughs> so I, you wanted to see this, so I caught up, and I watched the first one's only an hour and forty minutes, and the second one's two hours. This one's two hours and fifteen. So they all get longer. <laughs> yeah, when there was about probably twenty, twenty, twenty-five minutes left, I was ready for it to be done. Didn't need to see another fight scene. Yeah at that point and it was just kind of dragging out getting to the end mm-hmm. <clears throat> without spoiling things you you, know, you don't think that John Wick's going to die so some of the fight scenes get a little um, repetitive after a while <laughs> yeah I think this movie more than the other ones too was just a series it was just a bunch of action sequences strung together by a loose plot <laughs> and like very little dialogue right um, I agree with you I think for the most part I think this is definitely the best of the three in my opinion and I think, yeah, I agree with you about the video game thing. I felt like it really felt like there was that one scene in Casablanca that we'll like get into more in the spoiler section. But that one really felt like a video game. And I think the director did a lot more of like these longer tracking shots in this movie, too, where he like really doesn't he just shows you the whole action scene. Like a lot of like bad action movies will like cut all the time. Like, right. like the Taken movies were so annoying because it was like they cut away so much that you don't know what's happening. And that's why a lot of people don't like action movies, I think, is because they cut around so much that you don't know what's going on and that's they get boring because you're like, I don't know what's going on. This well, is it's just probably action. because they need to stop and cut because the actors are going to get tired in real life. <laughs> yeah, which is also, I think, a lot of, too, like, the actors will often have, like, stunt doubles to, like, do all the action scenes for them. But I think Keanu did all these action scenes. I think scenes. he does, yeah. I, think I was, like, trying to look at his face and I was like, this looks like Keanu. Like, there's, I don't know how they would get away with not doing that. Yeah, I mean, some of the motorcycle scenes I think he did, too, though... Somewhere he was actually on a motorcycle, and somewhere he was in front of a green screen. Yeah, you know, on it. But yeah, he. Yeah, I think he does. And for someone who's fifty-four years old, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, he's pretty old. <laughs> he's older than me. <laughs> he's got that jet black hair, though. <laughs> yeah, it's that's that's dyed hair. I hate to break it to you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think it was. I think especially the fight scenes in particular were very impressive. I think that's. I think that's what this movie's kind of realized at this point is that it's not in it for the plot, and I think it's just there for the action. Like, I think the same goes with like Fast and Furious movies and like the Mission Impossible movies. Is like they get better as they go on because they realize like what these movies are for, and like they're just made for action movies. Like this movie came out in June for a reason, or like March or May or whatever for a reason. It's like for people to come yeah, and just was, watch an action movie. Yeah, summer thriller or blockbusters are always kind of that way. They're not meant to be. Right, thinking pieces. They're more action yeah. and excitement, and which I think is what these movies are realizing now. I think like in the two thousands, they were trying to be like at the caliber of like almost like Oscar movies. At least like they were trying to like elevate their script and stuff to make it all good. And oftentimes they like fail on every end because they're trying to make everything good. 
but now I think they're just trying to focus on how good like the choreography is and like the tracking shots and like these specific like action sequences that make it better. Well, when we get into the spoilers, you know, there's there is some plot things that were kind of questionable, and maybe you can help me understand. Um, okay, so, maybe. <laughs> so they didn't like totally ignore the plot. There is a running theme in there, yeah. just in general, without spoiling things around. Consequence. Uh, oh, consequence <laughs> and honor. Well, I said that a hundred times. And in the respect movie. and you know following rules, mm-hmm. even even in a world where you wouldn't think there'd be a lot of rules because people are killing each other and, and they're thieves and they're assassins and but there's a lot there's a code and there's rules that they follow and, and I was a little confused by some of those this time around. So. Right. And I guess for those who, who don't know what the plot of this is, this really continued a lot more from John Wick two. Like John Wick the first one was very much like a standalone, I feel like. All the characters in that film besides like John Wick didn't show up in the second one, I don't think. Um, and then John Wick 2, this feels like more like part 2 to John Wick 2, um, but it's basically, it ends where John Wick 2 ends is where he's like on the run and basically all the hitmen like in New York City are trying to kill him. Um, and that's yeah, basically the general plot and so it's just a string of action sequences of yeah, well, hitmen trying to kill him, <laughs> they, <laughs> basically. When John Wick was a surprise hit, they had no idea it was going to be a hit, so you know now that they've got a franchise on their hands, they're... Mm-hmm. They've changed kind of the tone in, of it a little bit, and they are setting it up for a John Wick four and a five, probably as long yeah. as Keanu can still get around. And yeah. Do it. <laughs> well, I think that they're smart and that they're getting away with it, especially in this one, because at the end of John Wick two, he's like hurt and stuff from the end of the consequences and the actions from that film, and this movie like takes directly after it, so he's like limping and stuff. So. Kind of works as if he's old and he can't actually run. Like it works because he's well, just limping. Did John Wick two <laughs> take place right after John Wick one? So all three movies take place within like yeah, I think it was like a week after weeks or something. Each other? Yeah, yeah, this is I think the whole trilogy has been in like two weeks or something, yeah. something like that. But he's aged a bit in those that time <laughs> in real life. Yeah, but I'll, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's looking a little older, I guess. But I feel like he still looks relatively the same age as he did in like The Matrix. <laughs> Well, yeah, he's one of those actors like Paul Rudd that say people say don't <laughs> like, age. Yeah, with <laughs> Jennifer Aniston, and yeah. <laughs> he's in that group. Um, and Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah, Tom Cruise. That's probably why they're all the stars of action series now. So that makes sense. Um, okay, let's get into spoilers then. So if you haven't seen the movie, go see John Wick 3. Um, I would recommend you go see it in a theater. I feel like that was really added to it, um, seeing it there. Um, and then come back and listen to the rest of this podcast. So, all right, spoilers. Um what do you want to talk about first? <laughs> I can throw out there the Halle Berry's in this movie. Yeah, is that was that supposed to be a surprise? I don't. I, don't I, I didn't know she was in it. So I didn't I was know. Surprised, either. but I haven't seen many really trailers on it. So yeah, I haven't seen anything about this. So, but yeah, she was. She was in the movie, but she didn't need to be in the movie. <laughs> no, she didn't need to be in the movie. She wasn't, and she wasn't very good. She's not. I don't see her as an action star. I know she's done some things in the past, like Catwoman and X Men movies. X Men, yeah, but she just doesn't. She's not very good in any. <laughs> she's not good as an assassin. I don't know. And her her fight scenes seemed choreographed, whereas the other ones don't seem as choreographed. It looked like it was right. almost like a dance that she was in. Well, that's what... So it, was, it was distracting. Yeah, so I, we mentioned that briefly earlier. Was That was the Casablanca fight scene, which I had, which I thought was very impressive, and very, but it felt very choreographed, and that was the one that felt specifically like a video game, is there were is both Keanu Reeves and Halle Berry were fighting against all these like random hitmen in Casablanca, and the whole thing, it was like there was a minute or two minute long tracking shot in there of them just like shooting people and they were like going behind walls and then they like show someone dying and then they right. cut behind another wall and it was like going through all this whole yeah, thing. That's true. That was pretty cool. It was very impressive but it felt like a video game. It was just it, like... Well that's where it felt choreographed. Like she knew she had to look on this side of the column for this and right. look on the other side of the column because that was in the script. It just didn't seem natural. Yeah. But it was the camera fun. was like perfectly following it too. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Um, but I, I thought that was like it was definitely like a purposeful choice. I think they did that. I don't know if that was because of like Halle Berry was restricted and like she doesn't know how to like do that much choreography or I don't know what specifically that was. But I thought it was cool and it was different from a lot of the other action sequences because a lot of the other ones were just felt very like extremely violent and like real. Um, whereas this one felt very choreographed. Hey, we'll get more to the violence probably later. But I think when when you knew the scene was shifting to Casablanca, I got kind of excited because the other movies, I think they always took place in New York City. I don't think he went anywhere, did he? And John Wick 2, he went to Rome for oh, a little right. bit. That's right. He did go to Rome and he had hit all the guns. Yeah, I remember that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think, okay, he's going to go to Casablanca. This will be cool. And I wonder who, the, who this person he's going to meet, what Moroccan person. 
and mm-hmm. it turned out it was Halle Berry with their New York accent <laughs> sitting in Casablanca. So I was like, well, this doesn't really make sense. Um, yeah. Why is, she, why is she in Casablanca? I don't really understand her backstory because the... Well, she was an assassin, then she moved up to management, I think she said in the movie. So she's, is she the management for the Continental in Morocco? Is that I what guess, we're supposed to like, So she got a, she's like an expat package to go be in, <laughs> in Casablanca instead of being in New York. So there's this. Yeah. I also didn't realize he left New York until he was in Casablanca. I don't, maybe I zoned out for that flight part or they just skipped the flight. Well, with uh, Angelica Houston. <laughs> Part of the deal he had with right. her was that she, that was the ticket that he the redeemed he was redeemed. to fly to yeah. Casablanca. She said, put, she said put him on the boat or something like that. So it was a literal <laughs> ticket. It was a literal ticket. Yes, that she even broke the 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 gold thing, necklace off the chain. Right. Like breaking a ticket is really literal. Yeah. Okay. That that's interesting. I thought it was like a metaphor, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So so that that was a little odd. And then she had the dogs there too, and the dogs were. Um, Seemed like they were specifically trained to go to men's genital areas every time that they had a chance to. Yeah, I don't know why that. I guess that's if you're a dog, that's probably the go-to move. Oh, well, for her dogs, it was yes, <laughs> and it didn't happen like once or twice. It happened like seven or eight times. Yeah. Well, I think maybe it was the whoever trained these dogs in the movie, because all they did was either they would go for the crotch or they would like tug on their arm. Yeah. <laughs> like after like Keanu shot them, he would the dog would just tug on their arm for like. 20 more seconds so I guess that was the two things it could do <laughs> but didn't didn't her dog get shot and then he was fine well the dog got shot in the bulletproof vest on the side well he looked like he was he, he fell over and he was whimpering like he was hurt and then he was well because he still got like a bullet on a bulletproof like it still hurts like that leaves like a pretty nasty bruise on so a the person dog, the dog bulletproof vest protected him <laughs> okay you don't seem like you're buying that <laughs> <laughs> well the fact that them shooting her dog sparked her to go against the big code. You remember the, all this code? Because they hurt the dog. Yes, but you remember the, the code through this whole movie is very important. You, you, in the Hotel Continental in the first two movies, you're not allowed to kill anybody in there. Well, it's you see what John Wick zone. did after they killed his dog? Yeah, but but, <laughs> but in John Wick 2, you know, he violated the code by killing someone in the, in the hotel. And there they are meeting with Bron from Game of Thrones. Bron, yeah, not Bron. He's in a wheelchair still. <laughs> meeting with Bron from Game of Thrones in this this like sanctuary where you're not allowed to you know, kill him either. And then, you know, because he shot her dog, she start, tries to she kills him. Right. But the dog wasn't really shot. So she broke they still the, hurt the dog. But she broke the code. This really. You're saying if they shot our dog <laughs> in a bulletproof vest, like you just, I'd want to break the code. But then when upset. I saw that he was fine, I wouldn't go break the code and have to go kill you know a hundred well, ninjas or whatever that came out after that. I guess you're different from Halle Berry. <laughs> She's a flawed character. She's very complex in this film. <laughs> um, Let's go. Let's, I want to talk about some of the action, other action scenes that were in it, because I think that was like the highlight. Um, the one that really made me that stand like stood out to me the most in this movie was that it was right at the beginning of the movie. It was the the knife scene where they're throwing knives in that like one building, and there was like four people, and they're just like they're constantly oh, yeah. pulling off knives off the wall, and they're just throwing them, and then he like finishes off with the axe. That was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Well, <clears throat> what I was thinking during that scene was. Wow, they got really creative on how to kill people. And this, I mean, because there's, there's so many people die in each one of these movies right. that they need to come up with creative ways. And I was actually picturing this like whiteboard in some writer's room where they're yeah. like listing all these different ways people are going to die in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we're going to throw an axe at someone, hit him in the head. Oh, we're going to stab someone in the top of their head and then we're going to ram the knife in with our arm and like a hammer. Yeah. I feel like this movie in particular really focused on that. Because like in the first two movies, they kept talking about how John Wick like killed three people with a pencil. But the action scenes in both those first two movies were never like that. They were more like standard action scenes. But I feel like this one, even with the first one with like the giant that he fought in the library, like he was fighting him like like they were talking about like the stories they talked about John Wick. I feel like this one they like actually showed why he was so legendary to like all these other hitmen. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, he killed them with the book. Yeah, they like, killed him with a book and like Broke there was they th- killed someone with a pencil, I think, in this one too. Or maybe really? I think so. I don't remember. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of people dying in this. Yeah, there's a lot. I also watched all three today, so they're kind of blurring. So, so by the way, the giant is a, is a basketball player. 
Oh. It's Boban. He's like seven foot four. He played for the Clippers. Now he plays for. I the kind of figured he didn't seem like an actor. Yeah, he he did pretty well considering he's a bas- a foreign basketball player and English is not his primary language. <laughs> so yeah, he wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't like noticeably bad, but he was seven four. So I was like, okay, this guy's probably not like a, like an actor. <laughs> I feel like they probably just got him because he was tall. So again, going, I'm going to reference the code a lot in this. So this he was. <laughs> He was going to be excommunicado. He had an hour head start, so that's part of the plot. Is mm-hmm. he's broken the rules in the in the hotel? He killed someone in the hotel where it's a safety zone, a safe zone, safe haven. Mm-hmm. And the Ian McShane character Winston mm-hmm. gives him an hour before he's excommunicado, which means he's not allowed to be have any of the support system from this network or this underworld right. network, right? Yeah, and there's like an open contract for fourteen million dollars to kill him. That starts, so. I thought, in an hour. Right. Boban comes to kill him before then. Well, because he so he said in the library, like John Wick said to him, he was like, "Hey, I still have fourteen more minutes," and he's like, "No one's gonna know if you're dead. Oh, they're okay, just gonna see that it. you're dead." Okay, okay, yeah. So he did say a line. He explained why he was breaking the code. Yeah, and they're like, "You're gonna break the code," and he's like, "Well, no one's gonna know. That way, yeah. I can do it because you're right here. I can this, just kill this you." This code is on shaky ground <laughs> throughout the whole movie. Because yeah, considering he, that everyone supposedly respects this code, there's a lot of people breaking the code in this movie. <laughs> and when he goes to Halle Berry, the first place, he's got the marker where she put her blood oath with her thumbprint on the marker that he, he could call in this marker at any time for anything. And he goes. Well, there, that's a little shaky though, because I think once you're excommunicado, you can the 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 marker is void. I think not if you can I call in for any time for anything. I don't know. I don't know the rules of the John Wick I don't think world. the writers know the rules either. I think they kind of play around and bend them a little bit here and there. Well, yeah. I don't think they're... Because there weren't any rules in the first one. This whole, like, marker, like, high table plot, that was all in the second one, I think, right? Unless well, I missed that the first one. Well, I think it's all... It's this whole underworld that exists was part of the first movie. You know, he retired right. in the first movie. He would be retired. But they didn't five. specify all the details. Of right. What so they happening. just keep revealing more and more. And so I think it was more, oh, there's this hotel you can go to that's just for assassins. And, right. and when you're there. But that's you, the problem with these movies is they make up the rules as they go along. So it's like, oh, now there's a hotel. There's like a safe base. Like there's right. a home base. And was, I don't know. This game, like this whole movie was basically this an elaborate game of like tag, but you kill them instead of like saying you're it. <laughs> like that's kind of what it was. Because <laughs> he, like, he had like an hour head start and he starts running away. And then the whole movie is just people trying to catch him. Like everyone's it besides him. And there's a lot of people all over the place. That's amazing in this underworld. Right. How many assassins How many hitmen are, are in New York City? Yes. <laughs> Sounds and like a very dangerous city. And they're able to find him. They kind of know where he is. Yeah. Well, because it seems like they keep giving all these coins. And I guess once you give a coin to someone, that means like, oh, that you're a hitman too. But it seems like they kept giving all these coins to everybody. Like the, the sushi restaurant. And they also were hitmen at the sushi restaurant. And the... The cab driver was also a hitman because he knew how to go to the Continental and deliver the dog. Well, through the trilogy, I haven't quite figured out the value of a coin because they use it sometimes for very expensive things and they use it other times for very inexpensive things. But it's the same coin, same value coin. Right. Like one instance, he Keanu Reeves at the beginning of the movie, he gives a coin to a doctor like five minutes before his time's up so he can like heal his or like stitch up his shoulder wound. But if time's not up and there's still five minutes left, the doctor should do that without a coin. Right, you don't need a coin to do that because that's just part should, of him. Need a coin, right? Yeah, so he was like disobeying his rules because he was like, "Oh, it's too close, it's too risky." Yes. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure what the coins are. If it seems more like symbolic, like it's more like a pretty please I kind guess. of thing. But I guess if they're the values the same, small or large, you can use it for anything that you need. I guess, and there's a limited number of those coins. Mm-hmm. So if you need something, you give someone a coin. And then they can use it to get something else from somebody else. So it could, you could get it to buy a hot dog or you could get it to hire an assassin. Did someone get it to buy a hot dog? <laughs> no, but it seems like they've used it for really small things and for really big things. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I so don't, maybe we're spending too much time trying to figure out how this underworld really actually works. Right. And I don't think they, the writers know, and I don't think they expect the audience to care enough to figure it out. I think that's kind of the point of these movies. Yeah, you shouldn't really be thinking too much about it, but right. I can't help myself. Right. I mean, that's the same thing with the Mission Impossible movies, I always feel like. is like, I don't care about the plot as much anymore. Like, I just come to see, like, ooh, what does Tom Cruise do now? Like, he's jumping off what this time? You know, like, that's why I feel like people come to see the John Wick is like, oh, how does he kill this person this time? Right. And they're not really focused you know on the rules die. of the plot. Yeah. yeah. So it's like more about how is he going to get out of this? 
Right. Well, that's why I think it's so funny about these movies is they all the whole movie they're just hyping John Wick up. <laughs> they're just like, oh, John Wick is a legend. Like he's gonna come after you, but you might as well just sit there because he's just gonna like there's, you can't win against him. So and they're telling you this. So he's almost like a superhero. I mean, it's almost like it's yeah. almost like a superhero movie in a way, right? Because you, know? you don't know what skills he has too, because they don't go into his background very much. So he's like an expert swordsman and like a expert gun shooter and like. He just like has every ability, basically. So they actually did give a little, get a little, a little <clears throat> visibility into his past. So apparently yeah, he was uh, a Belarusian orphan, right? And so he's is he Russian? So that was what we found out is he was actually Russian this whole time. Well, he was. He, he I don't think he was, but he, he was, was an orphan that was raised in Russia. So Angelica Houston's character played this Russian mm-hmm. over the ballet, and with her walking through the theater to go to her private office. They walked by people who were wrestling, and they walked by people who were training. And right. so there was actually a lot of, I swear it was, there was a fight later in the movie that he did the same exact wrestling moves of the guys who were wrestling when he walked by who were training to be like him. So he oh, went really? through, yeah, so he went through this assassin training, That's cool. I think, and he was walking by other assassins in training, and they were doing this little wrestling move. They were flipping each other, and uh-huh. it was almost the exact same kind of flips later on in the movie. So I thought that was actually pretty creative that they tied it back and gave yeah. you a glimpse into his history. Yeah, and it seemed very all nonverbal too. Like I didn't really even pick that up, but he, I, could, I remember that scene like where he was just walking around and he's seeing all the people like training and stuff. So yeah, that's it'd be like like uh, uh, a basketball camp for. 12 year olds and Michael Jordan's walking through and looking back at the kids like oh look at these guys and they're like doing the same moves <laughs> the same stuff I've, I've done like he was, he was he's like he's the Michael Jordan of assassins <laughs> I like that analogy <laughs> very Bill Simmons-esque <laughs> um, other other fight scenes I wanted to talk about too were just the the horse scene where he's like on a horse yeah that was pretty was, cool that was pretty cool too where he's like on the side of the horse and he's like killing people yeah that's an old western movie move from, oh yeah, from westerns where the yeah. good guy will hide behind his horse and shoot. Yeah, well, I want. That's, I felt this movie felt like kind of like a western too, like this like neo western deal. Because like they in the music, there were a lot of music cues that were like kind of like the western like theme that were kind of playing like certain things. Like oh, he sees a bad guy and it's like and like you know, <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of that in this movie, like a lot of like showdowns and stuff. <clears throat> and I think the horse was maybe just a nod to like those old kind of western movies I don't know yeah probably I mean that was definitely intentional the horse scene as soon, yeah. in fact as soon as you saw him run into the stables you yeah, knew there was gonna, going to be a chase scene yeah. on a horse yeah and you actually drag someone behind the horse that's an old western thing yeah. too you tie someone and drag him through the, the yeah. streets and I'd be curious to see if like the writer was doing that on purpose because he like grew up loving like some old western films like that I'm sure that was. The well, case. I think what's 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 nice about the genre is he can do whatever he wants. I mean, he can he can create any kind of fight scene that comes to his mind. Mm-hmm. Like the very last one with the with the uh, Asian guys mm-hmm. in the building with all the mirrors and the glass and <laughs> he smashed into so many. Yeah, glass so many, yeah like, that was kind of fun. And the, and all the kind of neon and billboards and flashing video screens and going on. Again, that felt like a video game, but it was again something he could create in his world because he can. You know, he could yeah. put John Wick in any kind of fight scene situation. Underwater, they had an underwater fight scene. Yeah, that was cool too. Yeah. yeah. Was, that was like, it's like interesting because like the bullet doesn't, tra- it didn't travel when the other guy was shooting John Wick so he like, he realized that and had to get closer and then he shot him. Yeah. There's a lot of like interesting and things. And then he shot him again and then he shot him again and then he shot him again. <laughs> yeah, like, it was a little overkill I think in how he <laughs> well, kills he, people. But. Well, that's one of, yeah, it's one of his things is that he, he always, Shoots like four times shoots instead of one. After the person's been shot in the head, he'll shoot him three or four more times. Yeah. In the head. Yeah. But I think one thing I did notice at least in this movie is that they were really trying to like show, like be re- more realistic at least with the bullets. Like oh. they were like reloading like a lot. And like it was on purpose, I felt like. It was, like especially when they had the shotguns. I was like trying to count. I guess I don't know how many bullets they were having the specific shotguns, but it seemed around six ish. And like every six bullets, they would have to like reload. One time like, he shot like ten, but yeah, but they were trying yeah to that, do that. for the most part. Well, I remember listening to a podcast about the John Wick Two movie, I think, mm-hmm. and they commented about how he seems to always the re- the realistic in that they have him change his cartridges and his guns, mm-hmm. but he seems to have a bunch of them carried around in that suit. So they're juggling. How many pockets does he have in that suit? Yeah. How come all these? Things aren't weighing, weighing him down when he's fighting and flipping people around. He's got you know twenty 
ammunition cartridges on them. Yeah. This time they actually he, they showed them with a, a belt, right? With cartridges and yeah. So they have, I think they're kind of they're probably listening they're to listening some of the cartridges. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, we can fix that in the next movie. Yeah. Well, I think yeah, I think also this movie, at least the first two, felt like overly serious to me in a way that like. It like it wasn't as fun. Like I feel like this movie had a lot more fun with itself, and like they added a lot, a lot more humor than the first two had. Especially with the Asian, the bald Asian guy at the end. Like he was just like almost the comic relief in this well, movie. Well, that made me laugh out loud when he was dying at the end. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the only joke that really didn't land was like when he sat on the couch. They got to the Continental Hotel, and then he sits on the couch like really close next oh, to Keanu. That's kind of funny. <laughs> and he got up and moved over. Oh, it was kind of. I don't know. That one just felt. Specifically out of place, and then he was like, "Oh, like I'm a big fan." And I was like, "Wait, what? I don't, I don't know." Well, there is a little about a little about that, even in the first two movies, where the people who are trying to kill John Wick respect and like him, but it's their job and it's for the and money. Yeah, for the money. And so everyone seems to really like him, but they all have to kill him. Yeah, that is kind of funny. They're all like, "Oh, it's an honor to meet you," and then they're like trying to kill him, and then all of them die, <laughs> which is interesting. Um, yeah, then the other the other last fight scene I just wanted to say was that there was one mo- another motorcycle fight scene where he was like in a tunnel and then there was a bunch of people and yeah, it was, it was, that was another cool one. <laughs> I don't really nothing really much to say about it, but yeah, it was actually interesting. Like in the, during that scene, I noticed like he was riding his motorcycle and he was fighting someone off to his right with his right hand um, with a sword in it, like fighting the sword. Oh yeah. And he took his left hand and put it on the right hand of the handlebar to keep the throttle going on the motorcycle. Uh, it's really hard to do probably in real life to be fighting someone to your right <laughs> and having your motorcycle crossed over, your hand crossed over on the handlebars and still yeah. keep it straight and not fall over. But, yeah. But it was, I mean... I don't think you're going for realism in this. Well, I mean, it, yeah. normally they wouldn't even bother with that. They'd just have him, you know, fight with his right yeah. hand and the motorcycle would keep going. But they actually made sure that he kept his hand on the throttle. So there's... They've tried to make it yeah. a little bit more realistic. There is, like, you know, subtleties. Which, is, which sounds kind of weird when you realize that they just killed, like, 200 people at least. Yeah. In this movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. <laughs> but yeah, I think there are like a lot of subtleties, like you're saying. Like there, there's a lot of attention to detail that they're putting in now, at least with the action scenes and like even like you were saying with the like the whole like the people in training, how we're, like they're fighting similar to Keanu Reeves. Like that's so they didn't have to do that at all. Like and most people, ninety percent of the people probably aren't even gonna notice that. But when you do notice it, you're like, Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's what <clears throat> makes these action movies probably slightly better than other action movies that are out is that they're really trying a lot with the subtleties and stuff like that. Another note I just want to add, I don't understand why they're calling it John Wick Chapter 3 dash Parabellum. Well, well Parabellum first, was quoted in the movie later on, wasn't it? it yeah, it's, and it meant like something war, war prepare for prepare, war. Yeah, prepare for war, yeah. So, so I don't really... Cool title, you know, because a lot of the sequels have like Mission Impossible 5, Ghost I, Protocol. I, I don't right? like that either, I don't know. <laughs> was it the first the second one was just called John Wick Chapter 2 I was like okay so cool and then this one it wasn't called John Wick Parabellum it was called John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum it's just like a lot it's like I don't okay, know so like, the, I'm not going to remember this, the Parabellum part I'm just going to call it John Wick it 3 it was John Wick 3 yeah so. I don't know I don't know but I, I, this also doesn't seem like the last one too these honestly these feel specifically between 2 and 3 it felt a lot more like a like a running story like just basically like a TV show like similar to how like Chernobyl is where it was like hour and 10 minute episodes and there's five of them this is just like hour and 40 minute episodes and like it's all kind of one long plot like they're like chapters right. in a larger story yeah and they've they ended it with a it's teeing up chapter four right so i think that's like kind of the purpose is to just seem like overly like like just longer tv episodes well, what was interesting is chapter one was a big revenge movie and we were actually talking to, earlier today before we went to the movie you were saying you know, you didn't think the first two were very good. You, you know, are they trying to be funny? Are they are they trying to be serious? Mm-hmm. You know, what do people really like about this? And I said, well, the first one, people like revenge movies. They like when you know, his dog gets killed, and he's going to go revenge that. And right. and so that's a long-running theme. People love that. They you know, But really, two and three got away from that. He wasn't avenging anything in two or three. He was on the run trying to save himself. Mm-hmm. Now they just set up four to be another revenge movie. Because now he's going to get revenge on Winston, I guess. Yeah, um, I guess so, yeah. yeah he's teaming up he with and, Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, they're going to team up together. And, yeah. and his look in, the look in his eye and Keanu Reeves' eye at the end of it was the vengeful eye again. So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of good to get the, back to that because people love that. They love 
revenge movies. Taken's like that. You took my daughter, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna go find and kill every single one of you. That's what he says on the phone in yeah. Taken. Yeah. Everyone goes, yeah, go do it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think they do a good job in these movies of, like, really, like, getting you pumped up. Like, they have, like, the music is, like, swelling, and they're like, I'm going to kill every last one of you. And you're like, okay, I'm in it. I'm ready. Let's do this. <laughs> it does desensitize you to gun violence, though, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's, it's probably not the best. Because there were definitely moments in this movie where I was like, this is really cool. <laughs> like, everyone in the movie is, like, kind of, like, laughing, like, out of just pure enjoyment of just, like, him throwing 80 knives at a person. Which well, again, is, I think that's the video game component of it. That's why people love video games, and a lot of yeah. those violent ones are very popular, because you can sit there and you can watch cartoon violence, sort of. Yeah, yeah. I was just going back real quick to that other point I was saying, just about how I feel like it's kind of like almost just longer forms of TV. So I'm just curious like what your thought is on just that general idea of like how TV is becoming more like movies, and it seems like movies are almost becoming more like TV. Like the line is being blurred. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the having these short five or four, five, six episode miniseries is really like a long movie mm-hmm. um, with logical breaks. And, the, and borrowing again from some other podcast I listened to, <laughs> they did talk about it's 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 like a movie, but if you're watching a movie, you don't really know when the good place to stop is. Like if you want to take yeah. a break from a movie and you want to... It's like a book. They're yeah. like turning them into books yeah, with chapters. With chapters. And yeah. what the five episodes says, okay, we're going to stop after an hour and you can take a break and you can go do something else. And here's a good stopping point and we'll pick back up again yeah. in the next chapter. And yeah. Well, it's almost kind of what TV used to be with like commercial breaks, I guess. I don't know. I mean, yeah. not to like a lesser extent, but like they like now like TV shows don't really have that. Let's like once Netflix came about, it's like there's no commercials in Netflix. So they stopped having the bl- cut to black commercial break. Right. But now they're kind of doing that in a different way with just like TV episodes right. in a way. But I think they are uh, trying to up you know, TV quality has gotten so much better to be more like movies. And just, they are just longer movies. And what these directors can, and writers can do is they can explore things much deeper in a, in a five hour, six hour, mm-hmm. five episode season versus an hour and a half, two hour movie. And so it's giving them a lot more creativity right. opportunities which is good for us because there's a lot of quality TV shows now. <laughs> right. Well, it's interesting, though, as I feel like the only difference right now is, like, John Wick. Like, I don't know the budget of this, but say each one was, like, $100 million or something. It's probably not true, but average, maybe. So they're spending $300 million in this trilogy of films. But if there was a TV show that was three parts or, like, five parts, if you broke this up into five parts instead, probably wouldn't have been $300 million. That would have been probably a crazy expensive TV show. Probably, yeah. So... It's almost like movies are somehow getting away with larger budgets than TV is still, even though they're basically doing the same thing now. Well, not to bore the listeners with financial modeling, but, <laughs> but, but I imagine you know, John Wick 3 is going to make a ton of money worldwide. That movie translates very, very easily to overseas. They don't, you don't right. need to understand English. The subtitles or the, you know, the, the, the storyline will translate to every right. country around the world. In fact, and it so, seems like they're having less dialogue now in these movies, too. I felt like there was... Yeah, I was Not thinking after dialogue. halfway through, I was like, how many lines has Keanu actually said? Like, he never talks in these movies. He did ever. towards the end. He had a couple of, there was a couple of scenes where there was actually give and take dialogue. But up until that point, he hardly said anything. Yeah. Um which is which, which people, is fine, I think. People are he's fine not, with that because he's not the most. He's not a good actor. <laughs> <laughs> that was. Well, I want to talk about that. That's later. a podcast just, for another day. Almost is Keanu Reeves a good actor? Yeah, is he? <laughs> yeah, because he's made. You know, he's gotten great reviews on lots of things, but he, he is like, very beloved. But I don't know if it, I don't know what it is. I don't get it. I don't get. It. <laughs> we'll get into that later, though. <laughs> okay. I want to talk about the writing of these movies because they don't seem to focus it on it. Like they're focusing on them less and less. I think each movie, because I think they've kind of realized that they're not in it for the writing. But I think the reason I was telling you I didn't really like the first two is because it feels like overly serious, but also like incredibly cheesy. But they don't seem like they're in on the joke, you know. That's what at least the first two felt like. This one, it felt like they were in on the joke now. Because, like, they do this weird choice of, like, putting subtitles, like, in this weird, crazy font on the screen. And it, like, fades in and fades out. And sometimes it goes in crazy. And sometimes, like, the word the boogeyman is in, like, a yellow font. And it's, like, three times bigger than the other words. And, like, they do weird stuff like that. And it didn't feel, like, like tongue-in-cheek in in the first two. But this one, it it felt like, okay, they're getting it. Like, this is is supposed to be fun. But they borrowed that from other movies, too. What's that movie that was was in there a lot? A lot of dialogue, words coming on the screen, cartoon kind of fonts and stuff. But, but yeah, I mean, that's... It felt more 
in place with this with John Wick three than it did maybe in the first two. Because mm-hmm. this felt more again cartoonish and video gameish and f- fun, more fun right. than the other two. Yeah, it, it adds to the video game. This like I, I think I wrote down that it feels more like a graphic novel now or something, yeah. or like a comic book almost, where it's like like a kapow kind of thing. They're adding it. Scott Pilgrim saves the world. That's where they yeah. had a lot of that. I felt yeah. it was there's they're borrowing from that. That's, that's supposed to be like a graphic novel. Like yeah. it's supposed to be like coming out of the page like that. Right. Yeah, um, but I think that really works well in Scott Pilgrim and the first two John Wicks. I don't think it worked very well, right. but I think this one they kind of figured out better. the well, like the right level of that. Um, so I feel like this, the writing in this was still equally bad, but like it worked better. It, it was like funnier because they also like it's like purposefully bad in a way. Like they're like in the first film, they're they're talking about John Wick, and they're like, "Whose car did you like?" Why, it's just a car. Like, why is it such a big deal? And they're like, "Oh, well, it's John, it's John Wick's car." And then all they say <laughs> is "Oh," and that becomes like a running joke in the whole series. Is like they say "Oh," like that's all they say in response. And it's like that's just like such like bad writing. But like it's also like that maybe that's how you would actually respond in real life. You just well, say "Oh." I, well, I mean, I don't know. Well, there was "Oh" like with fear, wasn't it? Like "Oh," like I get it. But this there's is John Wick's car, so yeah, he likes his car, so he, and he's a. The superhero assassin, uh-oh, right. more of an uh-oh than oh. Right, but just saying oh, it, it doesn't feel scary, but like in the first two, they're playing this dramatic music, and they're like, oh, like, I don't know. And then like in this movie too, like the, the bald Asian guy, whoever, I don't remember his name, but he um, said like, cool. Like they're like, oh, we're sending backup, and he's like, cool. Yeah. Like that's, that's not a word you say in a movie. <laughs> it's cool. Like it's just like, I don't know, it's just like not... I don't know. It's like you don't hear that in movies, so it threw me off a lot. But I feel like it worked better in this movie. I felt out of place. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it feels really out of place. This is it's not it doesn't feel like dialogue. It doesn't like you wouldn't write that in a book or like I don't know. Well, again, that's where I think they they're getting a little bit more um, loose with and not not taking themselves as seriously now. So having some of that more casual dialogue fits if that's mm. what they're trying to do now. Right. I guess so. Um, so I did have a couple other thought, comments I want to get your thoughts on. So okay. his suit. So he's always wearing the suit. Right. Even when he's walking in the desert where it's really, really hot. <laughs> he never took off the jacket. Never, never so <laughs> With is, a tie. Is that because it's like part of his superpowerness? Is there some something we're supposed to read into that? Or he just thinks he looks cool in the suit and he can never, he's just, just not going to take it off? Cause I think it's, it's, but maybe it's supposed to add to the video game-ness of the whole thing. Like, he's just like a guy who wears the one outfit the whole movie, uh, you know? I guess in a video game, he would not take off his jacket. He'd just keep wearing his suit and his tie. Right. I think that's kind of the point of it, because he never... It was only, like, in the first John Wick, when, like, he was going to bed, did he ever wear, like, not a suit. Well, that's what I was thinking. I think. Maybe I'm going too deep into it, but it was more like a, he's like a superhero, and that's his superhero okay. costume. And so he's he has yeah, to keep his that. suit on, because that's what makes him a superhero, because he... Yeah. I mean, that's probably part of it, too, is, like, when he goes to work, like, that's his business suit, like, when, and he, like, that's, like, what he wears when he's going to kill people. Yeah, but he so. passed out in the desert from heat, and he still had a suit and tie on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a little, a little strange. <laughs> I mean, you can hate the movie all you want about, like, stupid stuff like that. The movie's filled well, no, with but, stuff but, like but that. It, it was more like, okay, why isn't he not taking it off? Is it, yeah. Is, is there a reason behind it? I was trying to figure it out. It probably is not purposeful it to feel... Like, yeah, is there a reason, like, why would he leave it on? What's yeah. The, I think it's a combination of probably the video game and the superhero kind of aspects of it, probably. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it totally is unrealistic. Yeah, I could see if the director ever listening to this going, no, that's not what I was going for at all. Yeah, I'll take it. He just, he just looks cool in the suit. <laughs> it could be that too. I don't know. Um, yeah, also, I just want to comment, Jason Manzukis is in this movie, and that just really threw me off. He was like one of the homeless men. He's only in it for like two minutes. One minute yeah, I was like, why did you? End. Yeah. Maybe he's going to have a larger part in the next one if he's like part of the whole Lawrence Fishburne plot. I just assumed he was... He must be friends with the director. Or, I think he might be, yeah. Or producers or someone, and they say, I want you to just go and do this. Cause but Jason Mansukis is like one of those actors that he's Jason Mansukis in everything he does, and he's so obviously Jason Mansukis. But he didn't act that way this time around. He didn't have any lines. Usually yeah, like one or two. Like He had that one homeless line. He's like, TikTok, John yeah, Wick. But usually he's manic, and he's like hyper. Yeah, and yeah. but I mean, they, he wasn't in the movie very much, so he couldn't really right. do much with it. Yeah, it felt more like a cameo, but it's like, oh, hello, Jason yeah, Mantzoukas. Like a favor from a friend. <laughs> yeah. But it was, it was very distracting. I don't know. I think a lot of the, the people in this movie are like that, too. I don't know. Like, Lawrence Fishburne always just seems like Lawrence Fishburne in every movie, and Braun from 
Game of Thrones, like, oh, that's Bronn from Game of Thrones. Like, in the first one, it's like Theon from Game of Thrones. So there's a lot of the people, like Halle Berry is like, oh, it's Halle Berry. Yeah, she was playing herself. Yeah, they're all like, kind of playing this very, like, Keanu Reeves is just playing Keanu Reeves. Like, he's just an action guy. He's, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. None of the characters felt like specific. Well, I figured characters. they had added Lawrence Fishburne. He was, in, he was in John Wick 2, right? He wasn't in John Wick 1. Yeah, he was in right. the second one. Yeah. I figured they added him just because of the Matrix connection between him and Keanu. Oh, uh, yeah. Call back to. Probably. To yeah. He's, yeah, he's playing another weird character too. And, and actually, speaking of callbacks, um, there was—I wrote this down because at the end of the movie, Lawrence Fishburne says, "If you uh, cut a king, you better cut him to the quick." Mm-hmm. And there's a famous line from *The Wire* by Omar, which you haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, spoiler. But one of the things he says in the movie is, "If you, you come at the king, you best not miss." And it was a very similar line, oh. and it was almost like—I don't know if they're paying homage to it or they—they just stole Maybe. it. <laughs> But yeah, they could have maybe unintentionally stole it. <laughs> you come at the king, you best not miss. Is repeated a lot. You'll hear it in, in sports conversations. Okay, well, like LeBron with the king, you, know, you come at the king, you best not miss. Hmm. You know when he has a comeback game and things like that. So I don't know, it's interesting that yeah. they kind of he used that same line because I guess he's the king of the Bowery, the Bowery king. Yeah, I'm like, not really sure what that means. I think exactly, is a section of New York, I think. Oh, Hopefully, okay. people are listening to this don't laugh at us. We have no Probably. idea. Don't we don't live in New York. <laughs> I don't have to know every borough, of what a city I don't it live seems in. Seems like there's a section of Brooklyn or something. We'll look it up later. It's not even Manhattan. Okay, well, and, then, and then you'll edit it out. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, okay, well, let's talk about some negatives in the movie. I mean, we kind of I think we have a talked a few. But I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you mentioned the length. I wasn't as bothered by the length in this one. Honestly, I was more bored in the first two. I think, I don't know, maybe I was just more tired or something, and I was just watching it at home, so I was more bored, but I don't know. This one, I think the action sequences were, like, so much more interesting than the first two that they helped carry me through. Like, I, I wasn't as bothered by how long and drawn out these action scenes were. Whereas the second, like, first and second one, they seem more generic. Like, these were much more creative. So even though this movie was the longest of the three and it probably could have been cut down, like, it, it, it didn't, just felt it didn't bother little, me quite as much. Just at the end, it felt like, okay, do we have... Do we have to go to another fight scene to, before we get to that, you know, the payoff scene? Mm-hmm. It just seemed like they probably could have gone out and no one would have missed it. But yeah, but they probably had some cool, creative ways for people to die that they needed to get in. So right. Well, I think at a certain point, I think it was once he was in the desert. I was like, okay, cool. Like this movie is actually pretty good. Like there's some good, cool action scenes. Like I feel pretty like satisfied with that. Now I'm just like, I kind of wanted to see how it ends. I also thought this was the last one. I didn't realize it was going to be a fourth one. So I was like, cool, how are they going to end this trilogy? <laughs> and then they're continuing it. But I was like, I was interested enough to see, okay, like how are they going to finish this last part? So I think that curiosity carried me through to the end of the movie. Yeah, you're probably one of the only people who have who binge watched. You went, you watched one and two, and then as soon as you finished two, you got in the car and we drove to watch three. Yeah, so. it's three p.m. and I was like. So we bought the tickets like two days ago for John Wick 3, and I was like, I haven't seen any of them. <laughs> and it was 3 p.m., I'm like, no, I'm going to do it. We're doing it. So I started literally until 9.30 tonight to watch all three. That was so the choice I, so I, I did I have a question today. for you since you've seen Rocket Man. So, so as, we're okay. deci- as I was deciding like what movie for Father's Day we should go see, I narrowed it down to John Wick 3 and Rocket uh-huh. Man. Um, which wouldn't you think I would have enjoyed more? That's a good question. <laughs> Rocket Man? Is that what you're mouthing to me? Yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing. Rocket Man's so good. It's probably more. It's more of a, it. There's more substance to that movie. I'm assuming, but maybe not. I mean, it is. It's also. It's also like blockbuster in a sense. Um, was I thought because like it's it's not necessarily a biopic. It's more like a musical. So it's like oh, so maybe I wouldn't have liked it as much. <laughs> I mean, maybe I don't know. I mean, it's like all Elton John songs. But what's cool about it is like they weave it into the story more, and they do like fun variations of the song. So it's not just like you're sitting listening to like the best of album of Elton John. You're like hearing other actors like do it, and you're seeing like fun variations and like fun dances that go with it okay. and stuff. So it's like that's right. It's kind of like more like across the universe was with Beatles songs. There's no it, Beatles, yeah, it kind of is like that because there's like one people singing Beatles songs. Yeah, okay. like when like they're going through his biopic life or whatever, mm-hmm. and Elton John's a kid, but it's the kids singing and not like old Elton John singing. You know, um, I don't know which would you, I feel like you would like both around the same. I don't know. They're very different movies. Obviously, I'm not sure which one mom would have probably. Well, she wanted to see John Wick. She's a Keanu fan, so yeah, I'm not sure how to read into that either. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> 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 She's saying you need to dye your hair, I think. <laughs> Grow long and dye my hair. So is he a good actor? 
I feel like you've probably seen him in way more things than I have. Yeah. I've seen him in like Bill and Ted and The Matrix and maybe some sort of rom-com. I don't know. I'm try, you know, I, 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 maybe while we're doing this, I can pull up his IMDb page. But yeah, yeah, the first thing I saw him be good in was Parenthood, which I don't think you've seen. No, that's a TV show. Parent, no, well, it made the, they made it into a TV show, but it was a movie with Steve Martin, and and oh. he, he was really good in there. He okay. had a small part, but he. But so what, at what point did he become from a comedian like Bill and Ted to like The Matrix? Like, what was the shift in that? The Matrix, I think. It was, think it was just it, The yeah, Matrix. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he's most famous for Speed. I never saw Speed or Point Break. Um, Which and one was both first? Matrix movie. Uh, Point Break was ninety one. Speed was ninety four. Yeah, so Speed where it was his first big blockbuster action movie where they say, oh, hey, wow, maybe he's an action star. Mm-hmm. I think Point Break is where he's, he was his first action movie, but it, it was a good, it was a hit, but Speed was a huge, huge hit for right. him and Sandra Bullock. So, Yeah, and I mean, I've seen him in other smaller things. I've seen him in To the Bone. He's in this new Netflix movie that just came out that I heard about. Um yeah, I don't know. I feel like I've known about him. Like he's just one of those like huge A-list stars that I always see, and like he's just like a very recognizable person. But I haven't necessarily seen him much. And I don't know. He doesn't draw me to a movie. If Keanu Reeves is in a movie, I don't care to see it necessarily. But I, that I feel like I'm in the minority with that position. I think. Well, when he first became famous, you know, I was just looking here. He was in some movies that were more serious, and he. It was more, they were more dramatic, and he he would, did a pretty good job and got good reviews for that. And so, like, you know, River Phoenix was around that same time. They were in some movies together, I think. So, oh. yeah. So they like were both kind of up and, come, up, up and coming stars and good actors. And then okay. Bill and Ted ended up being a little bit of a... So is there a movie that you've seen of his that you're like, oh, wow, Keanu Reeves is actually, like, a good actor? I'm having trouble thinking one beyond <laughs> Parenthood. Well, I was just this one okay. looking at his IMDb, so... There was a movie. River's Edge was the first one, <clears throat> which is a very disturbing. Yeah, very disturbing movie with teens, where they find a um, one of their friends kills one of their friends, and they leave the dead body, naked body of the, by the shoreline, and it's, it's about teens who just who are almost um, have no empathy and like almost sociopaths in a way. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit about why why did they become that and. We're really getting sidetracked now, but that's, he was in that movie, and he was really good in that movie. <clears throat> okay. Um, Interesting. I, I feel like that's what happens that a lot of the time. First ones. Like, wow, he's so Crispin Glover was in it, and he did really well. Everyone was like, wow, this guy's got to watch. He ended up being, he was the dad in Back to the Future, Crispin uh-huh. Glover. So there was, okay. it, was, it was like a showcase for all these young stars, and at the time, he was like, oh, this guy's a really good actor. And then when he did Bill and Ted, like, wow, is he really more like this stoner surfer dude <laughs> in real yeah. life? That's a, yeah, that's why I always pictured him as like this is like that kind of guy but I feel like his path to a lesser extent similar is Tom Cruise in a way where it's like Tom Cruise was, used to be a really I mean maybe he still is but he used to be an incredible actor like in the 90s he was doing like Magnolia and a lot of really good movies Rain and then yeah. yeah like Rain Man I mean there's so many of them and then like as soon as the 2000s hit and they, they started putting him in action movies and now he's just an action star I think he's good in those too I mean he's one of the, he's probably the best like stunt actors that does both parts like that is working right now but well, it's probably it's a because, different type of job. You know the way Hollywood works too. As he got older, you know, putting him in a in a non blockbuster is risky, but putting him in a blockbuster has a little risk. So, right, that's, that's which is it seems backwards. It seems like a backwards path for an actor is to like as you get older, <laughs> they put you in more blockbusters. I wonder if he's going to have a third portion of his life where he goes back to more dramatic roles. I'll be looking forward to that. But well, I feel like Keanu Reeves is the same way right now. He's like he's doing all these action movies now. Well, think about Liam Neeson. He was a great actor, known for you know yeah. for Schindler's List and other things. He was really good, and all of a sudden he does Taken, and now he's an action. And yeah. Since then, that's all he does. Forgettable is action, yeah, nonstop, unknown, like yeah. all these other. No ones, one would yeah. probably put him into a serious film anymore because well, here you're the comic book superhero action guy. Yeah, I think that's what happens with a lot of these. Is they get like stuck into these kinds of roles like that. It's interesting. Um, yeah, are you excited for the the part four? Uh, I'll go see it or in theaters. You think maybe? Yeah. Okay. I think I might. I think this one turned me around a lot more on the on the franchise. And like, if it's if they have interesting action sequences, then I'm I'm for it. I might wait until the reviews come out and see if it's still good. But yeah, but um, I, it probably won't be hard to make it another movie similar to this I mean again it's not right. it's very formulaic yeah as long as they can be creative with the action and it's enjoyable and they so, don't need a plot yeah 
Yeah. I mean, I think that's what, like, how Mission Impossible cracked the code, too, is, like, they're, they're getting better and better every movie because they're, like, just realizing they just need to have fun action sequences and then, like, carry it through a plot within, like... I could not, like, for the life of me, describe the plot of Mission Impossible, like, the last one. I mean, there's so many fake twists and turns and the writing's horrible, yeah, but... Yeah, the one difference with them is not all just action. They There's some creativity in how they solve the problem. Like, how are they going right. to save the world? And so right. what, what are they going to come up with? So there's a little bit different. So that's always interesting in a Mission Impossible movie. Yeah, no, I agree. But it's not really an Oscar-worthy movie. And <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Uh, yeah, and I mean, I, I think one inch, like, I think they did a good job with the action scenes and the choreography in this movie and the sound mixing too. So I noticed, you know, when the sound mixing is good, when like people in the audience are going like on like noises that happen. Like mom was doing that a lot in the theater. Like someone like they like push an elbow back and it was like, oh yeah, and she was like, ah. <laughs> so I think yeah, a couple arms broke in some of those scenes. Yeah. So, I mean, they did a good job with the sound. And it was cool to see it in the theater. I think that was a good way to see it because it was just very loud and cool. I don't know. Yeah, big yeah. screen. It's the big screen one, certainly. Yeah. All right. Well, any closing thoughts then on John Wick 3? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm still struggling a bit with this this whole code that rules the wor- world. And people <laughs> Do you want to try and break down the plot real quick? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, we'll take it for, for an offline conversation. But it's, okay. it's really strange how Winston, who he saved, is... You know, he could he was sent to kill him. He decided not to kill him, and and then Winston kills him at the end. And after he got his hotel back, which has a code that you're not allowed to kill anyone at the hotel, and then he kills John Wick. It just I didn't really understand the end of it, honestly. Mm. <laughs> Unless he just assumed well, John Will, John Wick is invincible, so I can shoot him and he'll and push him off the side of a building and he'll yeah. survive. So I think. Yeah, I think he was just being selfish, and he was like, "I just want the hotel back," and so he shoots him because yeah, he didn't but the push code, him off the cliff. But that's the whole thing about the code is it's not selfish. And Halle Berry was being selfish with the code, and he was being yeah. selfish with the code. And it's like, wait, is, this, is there a code or is there not a code? It sounds like <laughs> so there's really, a code, but no one's listening to the code. Yeah, They're so, all rule breakers. I guess so, I don't know. So that's my closing comment: is the premise for the next movie is the revenge on Winston on Ian McShane's character, right? Well, I think that's kind of the theme of all these movies is consequence. I mean, they said it like a hundred times in this movie. And I think that's the point. It's like now Ian McShane, like his, the next movie is going to be his consequence for being selfish right. and getting the hotel back. So right. he, like there will be repercussions for what he did for breaking the code. Which is, what, which is why no one breaks the code. Exactly. But that's uh, why there's always movies breaking the code. Well, if no one broke the code, then there wouldn't be any of these movies, right? right. So They'd the just be living is, in harmony. The code is there to be broken, is what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, if you want another movie, yeah. <laughs> So that's my closing comment. Okay, I mean, that's fair. The, the code is meant to be broken. <laughs> yeah. Would you, would you rewatch this movie, or would you recommend this movie? Uh, sure. If you if you like action movies and you like if you saw the first two, this one to your point is probably the better of the three. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. It's it's, it's it, you don't have to think too hard, even though I thought too much probably about the code. Yeah, you did. <laughs> but but. <laughs> but you don't have to. You can still enjoy the movie. So. Yeah, I think this. Yeah, I think this is definitely the. Um, Worthy of watching, and I'd probably rewatch this one. I don't know if I'd rewatch the first two, but I think they're getting better. So I'm looking forward to what the next one will be. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for coming on. Sure. It's doing pretty late. <laughs> no problem. It was fun. <laughs> yeah. I brought it on you last minute <laughs> after the movie. I was like, I'm gonna do a podcast now. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm old. <laughs> like it's late. I'm like nine forty. He's he's doing pretty well. He's doing all these action sequences. You're just watching them. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, that's been another episode of So What Do You Think? This has been another just bonus episode this summer. Maybe it'll be another one. Who knows? It's very loose. (laughs) But thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Until next time.